0: Welcome to Conversations with Z and Vindesh, a weekly discussion that explores common life challenges and offers practical solutions. Learn more at dharmamedia.com. That's d-h-a-r-m-a-media.com. All right, everyone. Welcome back to Conversations. Z, we're continuing a discussion we had a couple of weeks ago around the environment and today we're talking about what's in our food and the reason we're talking about this we're just having a discussion about everything going on in the world how people are getting more and more crazy we see these signs everywhere it's a familiar theme on our podcast we've got the rage we've got the polarization we've got uh, people just in a general unhealthy state Uh, but the way they're acting it's like no one's paying attention to anything you've got accidents going on on the freeways you've got road rage We've got gangs now in New York of people who come and they put on ski masks and they're driving these little mopeds and they pull over random pedestrians and take their jewelry and their wallets. So every day, it's kind of like things get more and more crazy. And when we look at this, the real question is, what is causing this? Uh, Because 10 years ago, 20 years ago, it was a different situation. Uh, We've gotten into a worse state it seems like we are going down at a faster and faster rate, so we're kind of spiraling down a toilet bowl. So, what is behind this? And you pose the question, what's in our food? Is there something in our food that's making us crazy? And really, the food is just a metaphor. It's a metaphor for all of the things that we put in our bodies. So, it could be food itself, it could be water, it could be the pollution in the environment— It could be the nonstop news that we get, which just spreads fear and panic and puts us in this state of distress. It could be the types of people that we hang out with. But all of the things that we ingest, both physically and mentally, come together, and they've done something to us. Uh, They've changed the human condition where people are more vacant, we're more blank, uh, we're dissociated, we don't have the same level of social connection. And then health-wise, if you look at the human condition, There are more and more people who are getting cancer at earlier ages. I was talking to my wife and some of her friends who deal with cancer patients. Half of their patients now, Z, are under the age of 40, uh, which 20 years ago, 30 years ago, you never would have seen. You're talking about people that you know who are just dropping dead for no reason. In fact, there was someone in my family, I didn't even know this, my mom told this to you, uh, someone who was healthy or seemingly healthy, and at at the age of 51, they just died uh, for seemingly... Uh, no cause and they were sitting in a car for six hours before someone found them so when we put all of these pieces together it seems like our mental health is deteriorating physical health is declining seems like it's related to the environment seems like it's related at least in part to the different things that we're consuming so let's start over there see when you take a look at this problem give us your spin what have you been observing when you've been dealing with people
1: Sure, Vin. And as I'm listening to you and, and reminding ourselves of our mission, we want to stimulate people's thinking process. Um, nobody owns the truth. No one is a true expert on all things. <clears throat> we can share our experiences and our perspective. And in that sheer perspective, we can hopefully uh, broaden the horizon and views of, of those who have opted out or trying to opt out so that we can navigate this world a little better during our short stay here. Also just thinking about the fact that we have a shared planet. We share this planet. We go to maybe a restaurant that's kind of questionable and you get that first dose of E. coli or whatever else they're serving at the restaurant and, 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 and right early on in the meal you start to feel queasy or strange. And you don't feel like yourself or, or, you know, you go to a bar and um, maybe somebody serves you something and you've you've been there before. You've had that drink before for those of you who drink and you notice that you're, you're not able to function. Something's in your drink. Somebody slipped something in your drink or it's not right. Or you go there, you're hanging out with people and, and they're smoking uh, the, the, the weed or something. And then you get uh, contact from them and you, you, you don't feel like yourself. Um, you get into a mob of people and they all start to go in a certain direction that you would never go in. You get caught up in that mob, but part of you is saying, hey, this isn't me. What am I doing here? How, how did I get involved in, in some sort of mob violence? And there's something in the food, and that's what I mean by that. As I start observing certain phenomena that at one time were extraordinary, but now they're ordinary. Driving my um, little one to school this morning, I noticed in oncoming traffic a few cars driving erratically and at a much higher rate of speed than everybody else. And I told my little one, look look behind us, there's gonna be an accident on the other side. And as soon as he looked, you heard this explosion. There was a a major pileup of over 20 cars and because we were in the other side of traffic, which was traffic jam traffic, moving really slow, you could see that almost everybody had their phones in their hands while they were driving and weren't paying attention, and in a a kind of a salvo of, of crashes, that no one was paying attention. The vast majority of people were highly distracted. The vast majority. It was the oddball person the unique person that was actually focused on driving. It was was extraordinary to see someone focused on driving. And when that happens to masses of people, the question must be presented, what is the common thing? Well, everybody eats, everybody drinks, everybody breathes air. So we would have to go to those sources to see what is causing this mass mania, this mass imbalance. And uh, I went out to dinner um, with, with some very dear friends of mine to a, a really nice upscale restaurant and a, a wonderful place. The, the, they had nothing there I could eat on the menu. So the chef just made, uh, uh, made some food for me, some vegetarian food that was delicious. So that was, it's one of those kind of restaurants. Nothing on the menu for me. But he made it out of his way and made me nice food. But going there, I was um, parking. And it, it appeared to be an open parking lot. So you're in LA, anybody's been in LA, you find parking, you're just excited. You just either something really good or something real bad's gonna happen. So I find parking at, at these computerized meters. And I go put my money in, and I say, notice a lot of cars are driving through the parking lot, but nobody's parking. And then I, my situation awareness alerts up, make sure there's no danger or anything on like it. And I notice it looks like an open air drug market. So I say, okay, these guys are selling whatever the newest drug is, snorting Adderall. I, I don't know what the newest drug is. Uh, Jonte's our expert on illicit drugs. So I'm not sure what they were selling. Um, I just imagine whatever the newest version of crack is, which I, I don't know what the, what is it, Adderall now? There's snorting Adderall. So, fentanyl, fentanyl, okay, so maybe they're snorting Adderall, fentanyl, somebody's all, um, Lysol. I don't know what they're snorting or selling, but it's a bunch of people in the lot, in and out. And as I'm walking, I do an assessment. I always do a situational assessment. And I notice they're mainly Teslas and family-type cars with baby seats in them. I said, well, it must be a parent get-together or something going on here. But why are these all these parents, how, are they, they trading ADD medicine or ADHD medication? Then there are guys jumping out of the bushes, jumping in their car, looking. At, I say, oh, my God, this is like an open-air uh, uh, sex market for weird dudes. My God, let me get the hell out of here. I don't want to be on a TV show or something. This has to be some kind of setup. So I go to the restaurant. I'm saying, well, this is the weirdest thing I've ever seen. And then I asked today, I asked Jonte, of course, and Caitlin, they know everything about deviant behavior. And I said, Aren't people worried about AIDS? Aren't, is that a, still a thing? Which I didn't know. I thought AIDS was still a thing. Caitlin said, No, no, it's not a thing. And then and then Jonte said, You just have to prep for it. I said, What, what the hell does that mean? And apparently, uh, I guess you get ready. For, I, what, what does it mean, prepping for AIDS? It's like, my God, what is going on with people? And this happened in a quick time. Am I that old that, 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 I, I think you're old enough. To there used to be a thing called the AIDS epidemic.
2: That was 40 years ago. Was
1: yeah. it? Oh, so that's not a thing anymore? No. Or am I that out of touch? Yeah.
2: Regarding that. Because.
1: Yes. <laughs> yeah, because that, that seemed like that never gets old. You know what I mean? Who wants AIDS? Raise your hand. At A minimum 30 years ago. 90s so now i'm hearing that it's not even an issue anymore when i still you know think about that's kind of an issue a uh, dying is an issue contagious diseases to me are issue no matter what era it's in right like i don't want it i don't want to do things that invite in they said well no it's cured so people just go back to this old kind of behavior and um i guess it's cured so i didn't know that either well, well hello boomer
0: yeah, I mean, it was a big deal, even uh, when I was growing up and coming of age. It, I would say in the 90s, even into the early 2000s, people were worried about it. Now it seems like it's a chronic disease. It's something that people manage. Maybe it's like the war in Ukraine. You stop hearing about it and no one cares anymore. So it's, just, it's like out of sight, out of mind.
1: If that's not bad enough, then Caitlin just showed me rainwater everywhere on Earth is unsafe to drink due to forever chemicals. Okay, so now not only is there something in the food, there's something in the water. There's something in the air. There's something in the rain. And we wonder why people are behaving the way they behave. This is another reason we must opt out. Uh, One of our our, our good friends here and and, and our tech guy, John, was looking at a website that showed land around, some kind of uh, land.com or something. It's like everybody gets somewhere out of the city. But they're saying the rainwater is toxic everywhere. So I don't know what we're gonna do, but I think for those of us who are really trying to navigate and manage this, then we need to really be aware of our sources of things we take in, be it food, water, air, news, information. Uh, people have given up. I talked to some people who are more right wing than anything. And they've given up on the system. I know there's a lot of people that are independent thinkers, not right or left. They've given up on the system. And it's just left to just a few uh, kind of outliers who are maybe oblivious to what's going on that still try and work with it. But we want to, uh, I know on this end, what I'm trying to do is have everybody be as self-sustaining as possible, to be as clear headed as possible to really, really put an emphasis on the opt out way of thinking so that you're not caught up in all of this. When you think of behaviors that should have been eradicated, as they're telling, they're teasing me 40 years ago, and there's been a resurgence of this behavior. So even though they have cured AIDS, what do you think will come next? Just like the Kofifi, they found out that they could get people so afraid, so confused, it's broken up families, families are fighting, families are not speaking to each other. As soon as that started to lull, they came out with the variants of Kofifi to keep you scared. Then they came out with monkeypox. I think 95% of people with monkeypox are, 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 are white males, but 99% of the vaccinations are being given to black people just because of the whole race thing. And now they have a new one. Okay, right when they got you scared monkeypox, I just heard of the tomato pox. So now they got the tomato pox, tomato flu parent. You grow small tomatoes all over your face and body because of whatever forever chemicals you're exposed to. So there's no place you can go, no place you can hide unless you decide to divorce yourself from all of this madness. And it's very important to source your information, source your eating source your behavior so that whatever you're taking in, you have some sense or, or, or idea of what are the consequences and liabilities of your behavior, your ingestion, and all of that. You follow me, Vin? Caitlin's looking up the tomato thing right now. She found it. Uh, I don't know if any of this stuff is true. I just know that now that they've figured out that with Kofifi, they can make families go after each other. Uh, start fights and wars, so we can just keep going with this. We'll have one new thing after another, the monkeypox, the squirrel cooties.
2: Yeah, but monkeypox, I don't think any. only a few people have died from it.
1: And Who wants it? Raise your hand.
2: No one I mean, wants it.
3: It's a less fatal, less infectious, infectious version of smallpox in the same family, but it's also... Who the hell wants it? Yes.
1: Well, if you have... Uh, open syphilis-like sores all over your face, even for a week. Yeah. Life's hard enough. But if it's even true, see, I don't even know if it's even true. They're changing the name because they said, that for, I've heard that they don't want to offend black people, so they're changing the name because, you know, we, 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 we own Monkey. Well, that started, um, it started,
3: the first reported cases were in Nigeria, 30 decades,
1: 30 years ago. Yeah, you know, um, I don't know. I don't know. This, this you, come on, and and nobody has it, but but like, gay white men or something. But they're they're vaccinating everybody. Black people are being hit in the head and getting shots. Um, I and, think
2: they're just rebranding them because like this is they're saying that the tomato flu is really just a version of hand, foot, and mouth disease. Seems
1: to only be in India too. From what I saw. Well, why are they wanting to give out vaccinations here for it?
2: Well,
1: you see what I'm saying? I, I do. You see what I'm saying? So, Caitlin's saying they're rebranding stuff. That's Isn't that a shame? I didn't know they had brands. Copyrights on disease names. This is out of control. People.
3: PTSD Shell Shop.
1: Yeah, it was It was battle fatigue. I mean, this is getting <laughs> really out of hand. This is really getting out of hand. So, we have to start... Creating our own language is really what we got to do. Those who opt out, we have to think about different ways of talking to each other. This stuff, the narrative on it is to keep you in a constant state of anxiety and fear so they you can sell more anxiety medication. That's part of my take on it. It's too much. Who, who can handle any more of this stuff? How do you handle any more of this stuff? I'm watching crazed behavior. I'm watching the open air sex, disease market. Everybody's on their cell phone driving 90 miles an hour. Um, apparently, uh, we're under a an attack of coyotes in the Middle City. Oh, yeah. Almost hit two. Oh, yeah. And you see how casually John Tate says that. This is something out of one of my horror movies. You've
3: been to my house. I almost hit two on the way to my house in my neighborhood.
1: I thought I was hitting two crackheads. I... <laughs> I mean, I've hit two crackheads on the way to your house. Two
3: coyote cubs darted into the street as I made a turn.
1: Where are these cubs? I have no idea. Okay, okay. So something is going on, so it's even affecting the, 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 the animals. Um, I know I've been through L.A. over many years of my lifetime, and you could find coyotes in the wilderness area. I'd never seen coyotes in the city. So now people are warning you, okay, don't take your baby out for a walk. I saw a video of a woman being attacked by a rabbit fox. Rabbit. A fox with rabies. Wouldn't let her go. Uh, wouldn't let go. Just, and, and they're going after, the uh, obviously, the obese people because they have more trouble fighting them off, and it's a low-caloric endeavor for the, the wild beasts. Um, but we, we want to look at what's going on and, and ask ourselves, And then I can't do it because Caitlin and Jonte just humbled me because I thought AIDS was a big thing, but that what they said was many years ago. So I want people who are maybe younger and more connected to ask: in your lifetime, have you seen radical changes in behavior, in our function of society, that would not be in a natural trajectory of events and occurrences? Behaviors the amount of rage that is expressed on a regular basis the powder keg type behavior of the average person how many shootings a week do we have at grocery stores malls uh, events of cars being used as weapons so there's something in the food we're taking things in and this is not just and it's not just a play on words They have shown data, as Caitlin just pointed out, that the rainwater contains what they call forever chemicals. What are those forever chemicals and where they come from? Pesticides, microplastics, which again have an an extreme effect on basic human reproductive system. If your reproductive system is failing and malfunctioning, it will affect your ability to fight off cancers, it will affect your ability to reproduce, it will affect uh, your endocrine responses and the way that you emit vasopressin, oxytocin, all these sorts of things will be greatly affected. You will have men who are being uh, basically feminized or demasculated by the foods that are having a female emotional outburst. Um, again, that's not attacking any particular community. Uh, I believe in human rights for all. I just want us to look at what's going on in the environment that is triggering these radical shifts in behavior. I have it in my lifetime, you guys can speak, the events of just rage, outburst of rage. You mentioned you were just trying to be polite to someone, Caitlin. And the woman went after you, one of the roving insane's we have here in LA, went after Caitlin for simply being polite. So you can't win in that situation can't win. But I'm going to ask you guys in in, in your 30 years of living, have you seen anything that that kind of gives credence to what I'm saying? Is there something has happened? This is my view. I don't know if you guys feel that way, but I feel that there's a big shift. What do you guys think? (laughs) Am I taking it away? Have you always seen this kind of road rage thing where people are just angrily moving about and not paying any attention? Just lost in their own head.
2: I mean, how long have you been driving? 16. Yeah, 16. So 16 years.
3: Yeah, almost 17.
2: Yeah. 17, 18 years almost.
1: And you guys started driving when cell phones were available. But have you seen it this bad?
3: When they were first, when smartphones first became a thing.
2: Um, No, I have not. In fact, the past few Mondays, actually, there's that... uh, intersection where you get on the 90 and it's a you know our road whatever Jefferson or Culver Culver and I've seen a car turned over each time me and Kyle saw it twice and he saw another accident and I was saying I was like oh there must be something at this intersection that's just really dangerous but no, I, I think you're right. I think there's something that shifted.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. There's something in the environment. And this behavior, is, it's, it's, it's bizarre to me because let's say we take out the idea that it's simply egregious behavior. Why does it keep happening? I mean, for me, there have been times when I slipped up and I'm on the phone or I'm texting while I'm driving. But I immediately check myself and say, this isn't cool. This isn't cool. I'll throw the phone off to the side.
3: That just registered. There's a, I think there have been multiple shifts. Uh, I was talking to Kayla earlier, and I think part of it is there's a certain undercurrent of this that has always existed, that was exposed because of these, because we now have access to everyone all the time. And I think because of that, it aggravated it. Your generation, you didn't have seatbelts. So you don't take car safety for granted my generation very different
1: Mm -hmm.
3: when we started driving cars were already made in such a way that you basically wouldn't liquefy if you got hit we take safety completely for granted because we didn't grow up with Mm. steel frame cars we didn't grow up with lack of seat belts we didn't grow up with it's like oh yeah if i get hit it'll just crunch and i'll get out and i'm good
1: Mm. wow Wow, that's that's weird. Yeah, um, I'm kind (laughs) of.
2: Yeah, think about it. Your kids ride in car seats still. Did you you didn't have car
1: seats? I've been in the back bed of a pickup truck. (laughs) So you just held on. I mean, that was Darwinism. That's why we're so strong and tough. (laughs) No arguing that. No, we're tough as shit. And so, I guess there's something to that. And and what what I'm trying to get at is. I have just observed that the lack of general consideration, the end of politeness, the end of courtesy, the end of compassion, this kind of isolated in your own head, in your own world, and constantly uh, drinking from the well of entitlement and self-validation right, where the truth is offensive. Like, and this is the time where the truth is offensive. Well, what is the truth? Is things that are observed and shared to the idea that this is, this is a fact. Again, I use the, the Lizzo algebra. You stand on a scale, you weigh 350. That's just the scale. It's not personal. It doesn't dislike you. It doesn't like you. But you hear that news and you're angry at the scale. And then everybody rallies around you and says, I really hate scales. Scales are, are transphobic or they're homophobic or they're fatphobic or they're racist or whatever it is. No, the scale is just a scale. We know that we can generally agree upon that the length of your leg and the diameter of your waist should coincide. Yeah, and Caitlin just fishes up stuff that just disturbs me. <laughs> I don't know what she just showed me. I don't know if it's, it's her a zoo. New
2: shapewear line. Shapewear.
1: Okay, so okay, so yitty. okay, so Caitlyn just showed me uh, just something horrible. Um, shapewear, and it's, it's called Shapewear for people who are out of shape. Uh, there's something in the food, Vin. There's something in the food. Shapewear for people who are out of shape. I don't know what shapewear is
2: shapewear is the like body suits or uh
1: like like being in shape
2: no it's just like stuff you wear that's made out of like nylon to help like suck it in you know no that's called
1: diet nutrition and exercise
2: well we call it shapewear when we just go to nordstrom rack and buy like the i don't know how to I, i can't believe i have to explain shapewear I don't know Gee. what
1: that is, because I'm sure. I know what you're talking about. I like okay. it. <laughs> You see, I don't want to know. It's I just like certain they're... things, I, I don't want to know what Santa Claus does in this privacy of his bedroom. Okay. I just want to believe in Santa Claus. All right. This is scary, Caitlin. You guys understand what it's, I'm saying? That's
2: actually not that different from girdles
1: back in the day. No, that's yeah. very different, Caitlin. It, it's, it's very different. It's not. It's not very different. They None of those pictures you showed me, could they fit in a girdle? There's no, you couldn't squeeze a girl tight enough. You couldn't pull a corset tight enough with four people. You couldn't do it. You could physically not compress that much mass in a small space, okay? okay. It can't be done. <laughs> I'm just talking math, right? Dimensional specific math, calculus. It and can't, for those yeah. of you
2: listening, he's referring to Lizzo's new shapewear line called Yiddy.
1: Okay. Okay, so there's and if if, if we're drinking that Kool-Aid, yeah. it's gonna affect we we've lost judgment. We have to stop drinking that Kool-Aid. We stop have to stop eating that food. We are still human beings who are affected by gravity on earth, right? Who breathe air wherever it's left. So this isn't, this is so out of alignment. Don't, I just say, Caitlin, I just say, don't do not do that again. I don't know what I just saw, but it. it the back of my eyeballs hurt. So please, Caitlin it just gets a thrill out of this. This is just wrong. I'm actually breaking out in hives. I'm going to let Vin take over for a minute. I need to. Recover. You follow me, Van?
0: Yeah, you should cool off a little bit. You don't want to think about this too hard. I can't. I'll just offer a few thoughts because I completely agree with what you say. I haven't lived 100 years. I mean, I don't know what things were like during World War II, during the Vietnam era, but just in my lifetime, from the 70s onward, things have gotten completely insane. And it's hard to pinpoint it exactly, as we've talked about. I started seeing signs of this even in the nineties with cancel culture. I feel like it really came into being after the financial crisis. And even before then you had issues cause you had this whole celebrity culture and people following the Kardashians and Paris Hilton before that. So it's like society was getting more and more inane. And then as people get more money and more wealthy, they've got to spend it on more meaningless shit. So you see the, the rise of luxury goods uh, I don't know how all this ties together. It just feels related to me that there's a drive to go to things that have less and less substance, less and less to do with the actual act of living. If you think about what we're doing with our time, we want to live, we want to survive. And then the rest of the time, hang out as we talk about, spend time with family and friends, do things that allow you to be creative, where you can have some fun, where you can put your mind to work, where you can work out, whatever your hobbies are, your passions are, go and follow them. But it's kind of like society's gotten more and more fake over time. And somehow that's been correlated with technology. It's been correlated with just this general demise in everything. I mean, I feel like we've somehow gravitated towards a world where nothing has meaning anymore. Nothing has any meaning. As you say, Z, what does it mean to be in shape? We get mad at the scales, we get pissed off for people calling us out. What does it mean to to have calm and peace of mind when you just live in an echo chamber and you're hearing the same thing all the time, you're feeding your own point of view, you're shutting down other people, you have no interest in finding the truth. So I don't know exactly what has happened or where we went wrong, but if I look at things, I would point to maybe 2010 is the year that things really started to accelerate downward uh, from my standpoint. And that's when cancel culture started getting a lot worse. Uh, That's when cell phones took over and we started spending a lot more time on devices. We got addicted to social media. That's the rise of social media. Uh, So we're just in this time where you're right. We have to be very careful about what is going into our bodies, whether it's that real food or it's a metaphorical food. Uh, But to me, Z, it's... uh, it's a challenge, because it's kind of like, how do you escape it? And I look at what's happened recently. We've had trends that were in motion for years. Let's say we take 2010 as a starting point, and things were getting worse and worse. We saw the rise of Trump in 2016, and that led to more polarization. But then we hit the pandemic, and it's like all these trends suddenly got on steroids. And that was another social experiment. That was insanity on top of insanity. And anxiety went out of control. Social control went to a level that we've never seen before and the the whole movie is playing out again or it did play out again with this Russia Ukraine conflict as you've been talking about we've had monkeypox now and tomato pox maybe the pharmaceutical companies are taking advantage of this and they're like we can create built-in markets as we did during covid so why don't we why don't we rebrand all of these diseases which to me is actually a sensible strategy in fact that's how finance has worked for a long time You take ideas that don't really work, that have no merit, and every few years you bring out the same idea and you call it something else and you just hype it up so you can sell more of the same stuff and make more money. So maybe now other industries and other companies are figuring out how that game is played. But we're at a dangerous point. And we're at a dangerous point in my mind, Z, because it's just so pervasive. It's like everywhere you go, everywhere you look, You can't escape this. You can't escape technology, which has such a bad effect on your mind. You can't escape the news, which is pumping us full of hatred. You can't escape the fact that violence is picking up, and if you live in a city, uh, you might be pulled over on the street, you might be shot, you might be robbed. I'm kind of wondering when we get to kidnapping. If you have organized gangs that are going out and they're robbing people, why not start kidnapping uh, citizens, uh, kidnapping kids, holding them for ransom? It just feels like we're in this dystopia, and when I look at how society evolves or how anything in life evolves, it's kind of like you have to get to a breaking point before things change. So, what is that breaking point? How much worse does it get? I don't know, but it feels like things are going to get worse before they get better, and maybe they have to collapse. Maybe things have to completely break down before we can rise up and build something different and move in a better direction. So see I guess where I'm coming with this I don't have a lot of optimism for where we are in society you alluded to how people of different political stripes are losing confidence in the system I've lost confidence in the system but I was having this conversation actually with pretty tony this morning coincidentally and we were talking about what to do about this it's like it would be nice to to just leave all of this behind to lead a more spiritual life to hang back and pull back from all of this insanity but practically, how do you go about doing that? And maybe one thing, one idea that I have, and I'd like to hear your response to it, I feel like we're too wedded to a certain idea of what life needs to be. So if we put all these constraints around life and we say, we need to make a certain amount of money, we need a certain amount of social status, we have to go to the right restaurants, we have to live in a city, and because we're living in the city and we've got all of these expenses, that means that we have to work an unusual amount to make money to support this huge cost of living so just living becomes an extraordinary amount of effort there's the daily stress there are all the crazy people that we're exposed to there's the energy that we have to put in to make money to support a lifestyle that we don't necessarily need so maybe that's one place where we can start i know you've used the analogy in the past of the that movie what is it called is it a lifeboat where they, they start throwing things overboard. What is it at this point, like, where would we start? What can we start throwing overboard so that we have more freedom? You know, we, we're actually able to move because we've got too many things in my mind that are holding us down. And if we don't start thinking more creatively about what life could be, then we're stuck in this situation. Then there's no way to escape the pollution and the anger and the polarization and the craziness. I feel like we need to start shedding things so that we've got more, more freedom.
1: Well Vin, when you think about the metaphor of lifeboat, this is a wonderful movie. I think everyone should would, would really enjoy it, uh take a look at it. Old uh from the forties, maybe it was an Alfred Hitchcock movie, I'm not sure. Um but I know it stars Marlena Dietrich, so you guys look it up and just really try to understand what the message is in that. But you brought it up and it's really about again. What do we need to find contentment and happiness in our life? So the political system has collapsed. I think the other day some senator or congressman said that if they continue to pursue um, uh, the, uh, Trump's uh, illegal, illegal behavior, something like that, that there will be riots in the street. This is unprecedented. This is the fall of democracy. So if you believed in democracy, if you believed in American exceptionalism, you've got to let that go or it will bring you pain, suffering, and sorrow. You're on your own now. The, the political system has collapsed. And if you are running to these different, uh, let's say, food outlets for nutrition, there's nothing there. There's GMOs. There are, there are genetic morphing uh, products in the foods that will affect you adversely. Your behavior will not benefit you. Um, And we can go down the list of not only what's in your food, but what's in your information stream, what's in our water. So if we know that we live in this kind of toxic salad, in a sense, we want to find a way to fresh air, to cleanliness, to ways of diffusing or subduing or the antidote to all of these exogenous toxins really sourced the information that you allow into your head. I have noticed how, again, and, 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 and the young folks humbled me, so I have to speak maybe in near terms, but over the last 10 years, the loss of the ability for people to exact upon deductive reasoning. I never could foresee a time, even 10 years ago, where if someone is uncomfortable with something, it's offensive and it's no longer factual or valuable because it doesn't make you feel good. Think about that. If some, if you discover a fact and it doesn't make you feel good that It is acceptable to discard that fact, to belittle that fact, to bemoan that fact, because it doesn't make you feel good. Wow. So we who are opting out, as we observe this, we want to develop our escape strategies. As the political system implodes upon itself, How do we gather our own resources and create first our micro and then our macro communities of interaction, um, partnerships, fellowships together so that we can survive it by stepping back, not being part of the bumper sticker patriots or the righteous brigade or whatever it is. Get out of that. Um, Accept that there were false narratives that were put out there that divide people reject those false narratives. I was talking to someone the other night and they were talking about um, race and um, who, who is culturally appropriating from who. And that whole thing I, I thought was ridiculous because I'm an Aboriginal person, the original. Everyone is a derivative of me. So how can they take from me that that is their birthright? So someone's saying uh, hairstyles were owned by certain cultures or whatever. It's not. It's a style. That's why it's called a style. You like that style, then that's your style. So nobody owns it. And when they talk about things, like just think about the mentality. When you say cultural appropriation, what exactly are you saying? That you took something from another culture and you embraced it? and you didn't acknowledge the other culture because you embrace something of a style from their culture. I mean, if we really get into that, it's very ridiculous. How about you just do what you like and I do what I like? Some people like opera, some people like rock and roll. Some people like hip hop, some people like jazz. Is that okay? Is that okay? And for the opt out, that's okay. People have all sorts of manners and ways of identifying with their world. It only becomes a problem when we impose upon them our way of doing it, whoever the our way is. So let us back away from that ourselves and reject that behavior and that narrative that subjugates the, the higher soul of the person. Just avoid that with every ounce of energy you have in your body. And focus on growth, personal development, and higher levels of consciousness. You follow me, Vin?
0: Yeah, yeah, I definitely follow you, Z. I mean, this idea about just cultivating your consciousness, it makes a lot of sense to me. I guess what I was getting at is that when I look, maybe I'll use myself as an example, where I've got a life and that life is an idea of what we want to experience, uh, whether it's schools for our kids, whether it's living in a city versus living outside of a city, uh, the the types of things that we spend money on, the resources that we have, um, the things that we do with our free time, the vacations we take, so on and so forth. And I guess I've just really been questioning all of that uh, because it almost feels like there's a certain momentum. We do things that we pick up either, we pick up social cues. So we look at what our peers are doing and we do that. Or we think about our parents. Our parents have certain ideas about life, they pass that on to us and we'll follow either what they did explicitly or we'll follow the ideas that they had for us. Uh, they, In my case, my parents came here. Uh, they wanted to sacrifice, make sure that their children were, were very educated, got good jobs, And so there's a certain vision of life that they had that was passed on to us. And at a particular point in time that makes sense, I just feel like the world has changed to such an extent that those fixed conceptions become very limiting. So if we're not updating, if we're not saying, okay, now we're in a new reality, and how do I optimize around that reality? And we're living based on an idea that was formulated 20 years ago or 30 years ago or generations ago then that prevents us from changing anything uh, because then we're tethered to a lifestyle which is which requires an extraordinary amount of effort just to get by i mean if we think about our energy ideally we want to direct that energy towards productive things towards things that uplift us that give back to others that really just make us feel good. Uh, I mean, ultimately life, in my view, it's a collection of moments. How can we maximize the return on that time? How can we have a set of experiences that's going to give back to us, recharge us, uplift us? And a lot of that is having, in my mind, having peace of mind, having good relationships, having open spaces, being able to spend a lot of time outside. I mean, I'm back in New York now, Z, and i feel like i'm getting sick just being in here just being inside just being at the office and not being as free as i was to spend time outdoors but if i want to change that okay what does that entail uh, that means that we have to make trade-offs and we have to get by with less money and we have to live in a less densely populated area and we can't send our children to the schools and maybe we want to send them too so I don't know if you understand what I'm saying, Z. but it's almost like the ideas that we have about life, it can be a cage. They can keep us in a very small area. And if we don't relax some of those constraints and we don't open that cage, then yeah, maybe we can change a few things on the margin. We can source food a little bit better. Maybe we can meditate five minutes a day and get, get a small reprieve. But I don't know how much we can fundamentally change. That's really what I'm struggling with. I mean, how do we make a change that's more meaningful, that's more substantial, as opposed to just changing a few habits, but still dealing with all of this toxicity that surrounds us? Uh, So I don't know if you have thoughts on that, but to me it feels like for a lot of us, we need to restructure a pretty big aspect of our lives to get out of this dysfunction, this chaos, Uh, if we go back to that food analogy, to get back to an environment that has more nutritional value, where we're putting better things in our body. And I keep on going back to that picture. I mentioned it on the previous podcast of your uncle in the Congo. And the way this guy looked in his 80s, he was a picture of perfect health. But the environment is totally different. And the reality is we're not going to do that. We're not going to move to the middle of nowhere. But what can we do? How far do we have to go? to get to a point where we've got that balance and we can still live our life. We can be part of this world, but it's not a situation where we're drowning from digital content. We're choking on pollution. We're stressed all the time. We're dealing with low grade irritations. That's what I'm trying to think through. So I don't know if you have thoughts on that. Z.
1: Yeah, Ben, again, you, you were right on our ideals about what a life is. We've lost the idea. And, and, and for those of us who are meditating who are working on ourselves to really, really kind of reset that deeper consciousness. What brings you peace? What brings you happiness? What brings you joy? As you listen to the endless stream of, of the internet influencers and all that, none of these people are happy. If you notice that, that they show off, apparently they've made a lot of money by you hitting them with likes or something. And, and, but they're, 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 they can't go away. So at what point is there enough that you can say, hey, I'm really happy today. I don't need to check online to see if a non-friend has liked me, somebody I'll never meet, uh, never interact with. Um, So also how much stuff do you need to be happy? One of the things as you know, driving this house market, is perception that you always have to have more, right? It just, why do you need more? Why do you need more space? Um, what, what, do you need it? Do you benefit from it? Does it make you happier? Um, and maybe it does, but at least ask yourself that question. How much more stuff do you need? And the more you seek the answer to that, the more you tend to withdraw from this volatile consumerism. And when you withdraw from that, your stress naturally goes lower, your cortisol, cortisol levels start to settle down. You're very much in tune to the now. You become a human being again. And so I would say the rethink then is on every level. If you look at politics, which is really a a destructive force, and we're watching the collapse of of this experiment of democracy. It's collapsing, it didn't work. Maybe some other ism will work. Maybe it'll be communism, socialism, But this didn't work. So when people in Congress are warning you if you don't, if they pursue a a legal complaint against the former president, people will riot in the streets. You have other people that are pushing different culture war agendas onto the population whole. Everything from um, whatever sexuality you have to abortion rights, Um, these are all part of culture wars, meme wars, thought wars, idea wars, you're having wars over ideas. Uh, You wanna shut, not only cancel people, but destroy their lives because they share different ideas about the world. What happened to the idea of live and let live? Don't tread on me, I won't tread on you. Those concepts are lost, they're just slogans now. So we do ourselves a favor by working on a more sustainable self that if you see this thing that is burning like a wildfire, fire, how do you prepare yourself to evacuate, take what you need so you can rebuild elsewhere? Think about this society as a force burning down. And for some will clap it, some will pray for wind, some will want to put it out and keep it norm, keep the status quo. But I think we've crossed that line. I think we're beyond status quo anymore. And. Many of these people will not survive the health crisis of the moment, the obesity health crisis. Most won't survive. Um, but for those of us who are here, these people were becoming elders and things like that. All we can really do is share our ideas, our legacy and our footprints in the sands of time and hoping that we were headed in the right direction. But as far as saving the city, um, Keeping that, it, it, it can't be done. It can't be done. We must opt out. You follow me, Ben?
0: Yeah, that's where I'm ending up as well. Because I think our natural tendency, there's always a cost to changing. We don't want to change. We want to be in the same situation. There's inertia. You want to think that things are going to get better. There's a natural optimism that people have. Which... I don't think it's a bad thing Uh, just being optimistic having faith maybe is a good way to be in certain cases. Maybe it's a a sense of surrender that things are just going to work out or even if they don't work out there's nothing I can do about it so I'll just hope for the best. Uh, So that tendency I, I understand but where I'm coming at Z is I don't see how things are going to get better. I don't see how they're going to get back to normal to where we were 10 years ago or 20 years ago, or even five years ago. It's like we've passed a point where the dynamics of the system are taking on a life of their own. And this is something else that I was talking to pretty Tony about this morning. It's kind of a weird thing. It reminds me of the stock market where if you think about the stock market, the stock market is just an aggregate of everyone's decisions. So if you add up what everyone does with buying and selling, That's going to tell you whether the market is going up or down. But even though it consists of all of us, none of us can control it. It's out of everyone's hands. It's got its own set of dynamics because of all these interactions, and it takes on a life of its own. And that, to me, feels like what's happening right now in society, where things have just degraded to such a point. One, you have trends that are playing out, that are coming to a head, which you can't turn around. Two, the worse the system gets, you've got people who... When they're in the midst of conditions that make you feel unsafe, that make you feel like no one else cares about me, that's going to change your behavior. If you feel like society doesn't care for you, your neighbors don't care for you, the government doesn't care for you, you're going to say the hell with it. Uh, I'm just going to act in my own best interest. And if everyone does that, that makes things even worse. And that's another reason that, in my view, the situation uh, could, uh, could keep on descending. So when I look at all of that, I feel like we have to accept the way that things are, the way that things are headed. Yes, it would be great if we got back to a situation where we didn't have the polarization. We didn't have the destructive effects of technology. People's minds weren't destroyed. Their physical health was better. I just don't see that happening, at least not for a while, at least not until things collapse, or maybe there's something else that I can't foresee, but on the immediate horizon, that doesn't seem like it's going to happen. And if the reality is that we are where we are, things are going down, they're going to continue to go down. Then the question is exactly what you said, Z, which is how do we want to manage that? How do we want to navigate? What do we really care about in life? And let's organize around that. So I think you're absolutely right. I mean, on my end, I feel like I've got some more work to do around this. I I, I do have clarity in, in terms of well, maybe I don't have clarity. I've got some clarity in terms of uh, I want to live. I at least know what the objective is, the path to get there. I'm not so sure. But, but maybe that's the starting point. I mean, just being really precise about what we care about, what we want out of life. And if that's the goal, what's the best way to
1: get there? Well, that's for sure. The first thing is, well, what were you going to say, Jay? Um, a, c- a couple normal?
3: of points. Uh, one, you said getting back to normal, like define normal. Because as an avid reader of history, what is normal for the U.S.? The civil rights era? The heroin epidemic? The crack epidemic? Define normal.
1: Well, we can't. I mean, because what we're looking at is what is what was not extraordinary. Um, I think for the average one of us, we, we, we have a range of normalcy. Um, normal was not the pandemic. You know, that was not normal. So then post-pandemic, what does it mean getting back to the way things were? Well, we can never go back to that, but we have a framing of normalcy. We have a framing, and that's where a lot of conflicts are coming from. I look at the political world, and even though there's always been problems, there was a certain... Uh, range of normalcy, of decorum, that doesn't exist anymore. So people say, I wish things were the way they used to be. No, I don't wish things the way they used to be. Uh, I'd be hanging from a tree or whatever. <laughs> but I would like to see some normalizations of decorum based on maybe some aspects of past references. When we come to um, the general way that we as a society have to walk on eggs to have conversations, that everybody places demand on something they like. It's like having too many cooks in the kitchen. Okay. So that whole term comes from a normal kitchen has one cook. Chef. There's one person cooking. Yeah. Your mom, your grandmother, the chef. Somebody, everybody else is either helping or waiting. Get out the kitchen. What's not normal is too many cooks in the kitchen. Right. So we now have ways of uh, influencers or someone TikTokking or or twittering or something like that can influence society. So all these cooks in the kitchen, that is where there is an anomaly. That is extraordinary. So, so when we talk about normal, we're, we're, we're talking about a framing of things within a very broad range. Uh, not necessarily always that everything in the past was so great. I don't think anybody's saying that. I'm just thinking about the disruption of standard norms, accepted norms, statistical norms is causing a lot of chaos. Right. And, and, and I think that's where Vin's coming from. And so when we say, I want to get back, no, I don't want to get back to, to 1840. I, I want to get back to a place where I have some sense of how to interact. I don't enjoy interacting with a lot of people because uh, everybody has now a pulpit. Of statements about themselves and they're not interesting, they're not, um, they haven't earned any worthiness of consideration, but they demand that they be considered, be it a gender pronoun, be it titling or labeling, and they should just be glad somebody even acknowledges that they're here. That's the way I look at it. You've done nothing for humanity, you offer nothing for society, but it's like watching Indian Matchmaker you 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 say you keep claiming you're gonna settle hell people are settling on you just to be around you miserable do nothing uninteresting human being so anybody that would spend five minutes with you is settling they're giving up time they could be chasing flies to deal with some of these people so it's a misguided idea that. Everybody's important. Everybody has done great things. Everybody needs a trophy. Everybody should be uh, given the uh, Congressional Medal of Honor. In the political world, it's completely collapsed. Whether you call yourself a right-wing or left-wing, there's nothing left. There's nothing left. There was, it, it's So when it comes to our behavior in terms of sourcing our food, we know that the pharmaceutical companies have made a lot of money on destroying people's health. We know uh, Big agriculture uh, doesn't give rats ass about the consumer. And that's the nature of the free market. If it's truly a free market, you don't have to give a damn about the consumer. You just sell and they buy. And that's where we're at now. So we see if that experiment works for us, it's that simple. So when I talk about, and I think when Vin talks about normal, it's things we can understand, things we can manage through. A lot of the stuff I don't understand. You guys had to explain a lot of stuff to me. I don't understand certain behaviors, why those people were behaving that way and and, and they could risk their lives and endanger the lives of many other people with their behavior. You saying, well, they, they cured that disease and people don't care. So that was kind of weird and shocking for me to hear that. Um, on the other hand, when Caitlin is flashing these just grotesque images, <laughs> Of 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 these people in spandex, um, and we have normalized that. That's that, that's. I want to get back to a place where people acknowledge that. Hey, I'm unhealthy. I'm diabetic. I'm I'm grossly overweight, and I need to wear mumu. They used to have a dress for women like that called the mumu. You guys never heard about the mumu, but the mumu was basically a a uh, drapery mm-hmm. that you hang curtains with, and it was sewed into a way that you could pull it over and it was like a large umbrella type dress. And that's what all big women wore who didn't take care of their health. They wore moo-moos. And it was a sign that, hey, I'm a moo-moo. I'm not really trying to impress you. So Caitlin's looking up the moo-moo. I've already,
2: I know what a moo-moo
1: is. Okay, and, and, and so I look for normalcy that, that people knew that, hey, you know, I haven't taken care of myself. Um, I'm in a bad way, but if I, uh, you know, maybe I lost touch with reality. I lost my husband, uh, and I just let myself go, and I just want to die soon. That's what you used to when you were a mumu. I'm not trying to be a sexist. And, and so that's what we're talking about. And, but but it, it's not going back to some uh, antiquated way, but just a way that I can at least understand what the hell's going on. It's like you get in a new car. I just wanted I wanted to go back to a key in the ignition. I sat in a car the other day, and there, you didn't even know where to start it. You, there was no button yeah yeah i, I and, and I'm saying my i'm I, I'm a mechanic, I work on cars as a hobby. I'm always saying if the battery goes dead, see batteries will go dead. Um, how do you get in? How do you get out? Where's the manual release? I need to know that because. That's just the way I look at things that are built by human beings, Mm -hmm. is that they are flawed. They're inherently flawed. So if I trust a abused line worker at the Tesla assembly line in the um, kind of uh, pseudo-apartheid environment, Mm -hmm. I wanna put my life over to him? No, no, I, I need a key, I need a handle, okay? so I can get the hell out of this thing before it, it, it turns me into uh, to a, a human uh, a human uh, shawarma or something. I, I don't want to give that away to a person that is being mistreated at work. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So give me a button, give me something, a lever, right, something with a latch and a spring that I can override. That's what I'm saying, I don't want to go back to a a Model T where you gotta crank the engine open and just pray that you get to where you're going, right?
3: To a horsepower.
1: Yeah, no, I, I don't want that.
3: So to that, what humans touch inherently flawed, like so too then data statistics. That's why we are constantly mm-hmm. going back, sure. triple checking the research decades later. A theme that I hear between you and Vin both is bordering the demonization of technology i think technology has played his role but i think these things how long have you been saying in class long before smartphones were around find your true north without a life practice humans are just savage creatures long before this thing was around mm-hmm. that's in us this may have accelerated some things via exposure to far too much information at once. But it was already in us. It exposed that side of human beings. I don't think it's fair to look at tech and say, well, the technology's damaging the brain. Well, most of these people were brain damaged to begin with. That was long before this. They read and wrote at a 10th grade level at 30-something years old. I'm learning Korean and Japanese right now through my phone and my laptop. Does that sound like?
1: No, and I think you got it wrong, Dante. I'm, I don't think Vin and I are both bemoaning technology. or deneg- I'm saying technology and I'm a technology person. I started as a hardware engineer in my life. Um, I'm also doing Duolingo lingo and brushing up on my Hindi, right. Urdu and, and Tagistani language. <laughs> so I love it. I, I love it. Yeah, and that's what I love about it. But I need to use it. It doesn't use me. And where I'm saying is the normalcy is that people trust it to the point where it's shaping and altering our worldview mm-hmm. without us ever leaving uh, the, the seat that we're sitting in. Mm-hmm. That's where I get off the train, is people are not experiencing life in its gross moment. They're, they're experiencing it virtually. That in terms, anything we don't use, we lose. We know that there's a sitting disease. Everybody that sits more than a certain period of day, myself included, your, the atrophy in the legs, the loss of neural connectivity, all of that happens and that's what it's doing to people. Once humans, yes, once humans start to appear as injured animals, they behave as injured animal. So you see the rise of anger, the rise of irrationality the, the, the shrinking of the brain, the shrinking of the prefrontal cortex. I'm not blaming that on the computer because hum, human beings have free will. The whole dream of this technology was that it allowed us freedom and 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 speed and utilitarian uh, expedience, so that we could grow as a people. That's not happening. That's not bringing us. Where is that? We're we're we, we're watching this nation collapse not based on people's real experience, but things they heard in the news. Things they heard in the news, not what they experience. Because most people's experience are generally either uneventful or good experiences. Not if you go to your uh, technology and the feeds that are coming on. Or you can have unqualified people with a huge, huge following of people. That they're influencing behavior. Look at the thing with Alex Jones. And what is it, info wars or whatever, so now that he's getting sued out, out of business um, for lying about murdered children, what kind of sick person would do that but he had millions of supporters and you can reinforce that based on your political leanings no and, and people hold people have innately always held to higher standards people they like they and people they don't like they hold to another standard and so there is no plurality of thought and this encourages that because it drives likes, it, it drives views, it drives your ability to monetize the hits. So that's what I'm talking about, but I love technology. I'm, 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 I'm into any device that can make life, enhance life. I can't wait to the uh, cyborg help wife comes out that is affordable, okay, that you can get with a loan and that charges herself up. And, and you don't have to deal with it, and your your wife can just not be offended that this other woman's in the house. So when that comes out, I'm the first to get one. The I wife, uh, the assistant wife, wife assist, or whatever it is. I'm not against technology. Wife, yeah, whatever. I want the thirty thousand. So I need to go all the way tech. <laughs> so anyway, I'm I'm for it, and I think Ven is for it. it what i I'm, I'm looking at is the actual soft tissue of human beings. Uh-huh how we're wired and made. And if we look out of our window and we look through our photo journals of time. When I watched this accident on the freeway today, I've seen pileups on the freeway and I've seen people drive into fog, into icy weather, going too fast and wreck. I've seen that. I've never seen a large number of people with phones pinned to their head ramming into each other on a clear day. You understand? And it was frightening because there was nothing to check them. Nothing, no consideration for your fellow human being. There will be people that won't come home tonight. There will be people who won't walk anymore. There will people who can't see anymore. There are people who will be altered for the rest of their lives simply because we lacked consideration. And consideration and so forth is not something that is cybernetically um, um, cared for or scaled. It's just like uh, Bill Barr was telling a joke about uh, women complaining about not getting paid enough in the NBA or the WNBA. And he said, look, I blame women because no woman can name five WNBA players that are their favorite players. They don't show up for games, but they say they should get more, and it's simply a money game. And for the, just to hear the response of people angry at that. Basic economics. Basic economics. you're angry at basic economics, if you don't invest in something, there won't be any money there. So if you think women should get paid more, go to their games. Uh, to a- Guys do it. That's why it's popular. So these kinds of things are what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about getting. say I'm talking about we're against thinking. Mm-hmm. And this, this helps us not to think. And I think this is... This device helps us not, not to think. Yeah,
3: and I think that's framed better um, to that. Also, this thing's a baby. Like, from our generation down, we're now learning how to maneuver around. Like, I can curate my algorithm overnight almost. Same way I curate my life. To Van's point about how do you make that fundamental change, you did it. I did it. Kyle did it. Chris has done it. Like you said, all right, look, I've had enough of this.
1: Time for a one eighty. But again, you guys are over here over here at Dharma Health Institute bettering yourselves. Sure. sure the average person is not. That's true. And we can't save anybody. That's why I say we gotta opt out.
3: Right. But the Tao the Ching's been around for how long?
1: Sure. And it's still right. And so you guys have made choices. Many people and, and what I'm talking to the opt-outs is a reinforcement of what we've always sharing.
3: Make the choice. Is
1: that you got to lock the gate at some point? With that being said, I don't I want to finish on a gloom and doom thing because inevitably we started this podcast as a way of mitigating human suffering. And I felt one of the best ways of mitigating human suffering is sharing understanding, knowledge, and ideas. And that's what I want to do is just share ideas as we see, on one hand, a shit show. Mm-hmm. And on the other hand, it gives us an opportunity of how not to be a part of it. And that's what I hope we all leave this, is don't be a part of that. Uh, embrace your loved ones, accepting them, and learning ways to get more out of, be more economical. Like Vin said, buying stuff you don't need, paying for things you don't need to pay for. You don't, have to be, you don't have to pay for your loved ones. You have to pay for other people to come in your eyes and mimic your loved ones. So invest your time, energy, and material resources in the people that you love and bring you value. And that's where my head is at on this. What do you say, Vin?
0: No, I think everything you're saying is right. If I look at the technology point, I agree there's nothing inherently wrong with technology. I'm for technology as well. I think we're on the same page. It's more around how people use that and just the laziness and the co-opting of the mind through the technology. I do agree, Jante, that being able to unplug And having the discipline around that is important. Uh, And that does have a lot of benefit if you have some routines around cell phones, if you have some routines that force you to go out into nature, that force you to spend time. Even things as simple as getting family together at certain times and making sure that you've got dedicated time where you're not distracted, where you're connecting with each other. All of that is very restorative. I guess where I'm coming from is even with all of that, it feels like there's just a lot of toxicity to deal with. Uh, so that, that's really just my question. Maybe it's more of an open question and that maybe there's maybe no, there's no answer or maybe the answer just depends on each of us. But where do we want to draw that line? I mean, how far do we have to go to strike that balance between not upending the life that we have and going through extraordinary costs in terms of uprooting, settling somewhere else, upsetting other people that that we care about because maybe not everyone in the family is on the same page. Uh, But on the other hand, benefiting from just a a healthier environment and putting a better diet and not just a food, but of information of company of activities uh, into our bodies. And maybe this is stuff, you know, maybe it's just a continuous evolution, Jante, because I look at myself and even though my life looks pretty similar today as it did, uh, 10 years ago everything is different Uh, i've changed so many aspects of my life in terms of what i care about how i spend my time what i eat the way that i work out all of this is massively different so maybe it's just uh, from my standpoint a continuation in that direction um but just something i'm sharing you know something that's been on my mind and and i'm still trying to figure out how to strike that balance
1: yeah yeah and so for all of us step back kind of look out the window um Guard your citadel of, 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 of peace and serenity. Um, look at what's going on. Reject it. Try not to be a part of it. Source your food. Source your air. Source your water. And I'd say that doesn't sound hard. I spoke about this last time. You know, we got some air filters the other day in the house. And within a few hours, you could see the amount of stuff that came in the filters. And, and, and we live in a... In, in a a moderately congested area, but for those living in highly congested areas, imagine what you're breathing in every day. Um, there's too many people, and we've let things get away for too long. There are too many GMOs. There are too many, um, There are too many artificial growth chemicals in our immediate food chain. So let's push away from that. Let's do what we can. you may able to do everything. Humans are terribly resilient. But above anything, preserve your mind. Think for yourself. You got that, Vin?
0: Yeah, yeah, it's the right formula. It's that same formula we keep on getting back to. Let's opt it out. Let's make our own decisions. Make sure we have clarity on what we care about uh, and then go from there. I mean, then it's really just a, a process of learning and evolving. If you enjoyed the show, please consider leaving us a review on Podbean, iTunes, or your favorite podcasting app. Each five-star review helps us bring you more unique and insightful content. Learn more at dharmamedia.com. Peace.